Yes, hello. Welcome back to Tradies. Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary. Each week we chat the trading, the buying and selling of AFL Play. Season 1, Episode 9. Hello, Mitchell. Hello, Samuel. I heard you've been doing a bit of buying this week. What have I been doing? Just going and spending a bit of cold, hard cash on one of your great hobbies in golf. This is this is actually quite uncomfortable now. For, like Every single week I go somewhere... And, like, I'm not very notable, let's be honest. I wish these people who were telling me these things would tell me about where players are (laughs) rather than you. I was at Chadston last weekend, and Chadston's a little bit more public, and Mm. you knew about it before any of my mates. Anyway, so, yeah, actually... Do we want to talk about that? I'd prefer not to. Let's talk about today. So, we're recording on a Tuesday, as we almost always do. Golf is one of my great loves. I needed a club reshafted, like a stiffer... For the layman, what does that mean? It's, well, you've got the club head, yeah, but then the actual like stick part of it—that's the shaft—and I needed it changed. Anyway, I'm not going to get into specifics, but it involves our fearless leader, Dill Buckley. Yes. Now I feel like if I was doing my proper journalism, I would have run this past him first. <laughs> but I'm going to—I'm going. To, no second source required. I'm going here. to air cold here because <laughs> I've got an eyewitness. So there's a place on the high street in Armadale, not my usual kind of where I frequent. Uh, it's called Mulligan's Club Makers. They're, they're pretty new, but they're yeah. sort of more like if you want clubs built personally for your own fitting, they've got their own fitting room upstairs. It's like a, like a single-fronted, renovated townhouse that they've turned into this beautiful golf fitting center. Lovely. It's amazing. And a couple of my mates run it. And so anyway, I was there getting the club fixed. Just It was, was going to take half an hour. And one of them said, oh, your mate was in here the other day. And, you know, when people say your mate, it could mean anything, right? Yeah. It could mean arch enemy. Yeah. Right. So I'm thinking, oh, no. So who's my mate? Dill Buckley. Oh, Dill, who, you know, also loves golf, handy golfer. Super into obsessed it. Obsessed with it, and he's yeah. been bitten by the bug. Oh, you know, and also one of the loveliest guys you'll meet, right? I mean, we're not just saying that. Like, if you ever come across Dill Buckley, he's just one of the best people you'll meet. I said, oh, yeah, great bloke. And the response was a bit lukewarm. <laughs> and so I've, you know, the, the journo in me was like, well, Your radar on. just goes up. Yeah, what happened? I'm thinking, is he like stormed in asking for free equipment? Who could he like, piss off? Yeah, I was like, what? What happened? He goes, nah, 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 just, just kidding. But he did walk in here with AirPods in. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bit of an alpha move, walking in with the AirPods, <laughs> flicking the case open, pretending you're on a call, walking into a shop. <laughs> it made me laugh because as soon as it got said, two things popped into my head. One was that he's going to hate this if anyone ever thought badly of him because he was wearing AirPods. <laughs> and the second one is, this is great gear for the podcast. Yeah, good evening, Dill. Oh, this is going straight up the top. That's great. So that was my Tuesday afternoon. Busy busy day? <laughs> While on the phones, you know, working the phones. I just needed a five-line reshafted. What, uh, what's the last seven days look like for you? I was down at Melbourne today, freezing cold. I reckon winter's hit. Like there's always that turn in every year for Melbourne, and it's come now. I had the uh, the Katmandu puffer on out the front of Melbourne, waiting waiting for Jacob Just, Van Royen. You could have a little cash for comment, kind of like <laughs> cha-ching. Thank you. And uh, it actually got me thinking about something I was meaning to ask you. Something we raised earlier in the season about stakeouts and late stakeouts, and one of your first. Oh, time something yes. that catapulted your career in the media. That was <laughs> the words of Nick Butler, who was there on the same night and told me this story. What happened with a siege and yourself on a stakeout at a young age? You got nothing to do with trades. Okay, I'm going to tell you. We had to the trade shortly for those that are tuning in. For I've the got first to, time. I'm, I'm a bit fired up about a couple of trade issues, by the way. I'll tell this story really quickly. So I must have been 22, I reckon, would be my guess. So somewhere around 2012, 2013. And I was doing pro- police rounds for 3W. Right. And I was just finishing training 
at Old Zabs at Turak Park. It was a Tuesday night, I reckon. And I got a call from my news boss. And I was trying to make inroads in the newsroom at yep. that stage. You know when you're sort of like you're looking for your next sort of break? Yeah. And he said, hey, um, we've got this siege out in, I think it was Keelor. This guy's locked himself in a house with his girlfriend mm. and he's threatening to shoot her. Wow. Would you go out there and sort of stay there? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. How long for? Well, you know. As long, long as it needs. However long it takes. Yeah. But why not? So I went home, packed myself food, you know, it was a Gatorade, sort of like an esky banana, like everything you'd need, coffee thermos. And I've driven out there with my little laptop, my little microphone. Sat the only person out there, Nick Butler. <laughs> Nick Butler. Working for Channel 10 at the time. Got there about eight. The two of us and his camo stayed there hour after hour. And I'm filing bullshit news reports. Oh, and Nick Butler's here. chat getting worse and worse as it goes on. Well, no, no, no. I won't be lured into <laughs> to having a crack at Nick Butler because he, unlike, unlike Dill, is 6'5 and could actually hurt me. <laughs> um, anyway, long story short, it was about 4 a.m. The street where it was happening had obviously been cordoned off. Big police presence. Yeah. But we heard suddenly on a speakerphone, the police started talking and it was it was getting intense. That, that So I grabbed my microphone out of the car and ran all the way up to the cordon, like where the tape is, and just chucked record on. Yeah. Anyway, you could hear the policeman saying, Chris, you got to come out. Otherwise, we're going to come in. We need to put an end to this. It's time. We want this resolved safely. And then obviously, Chris had appeared at the door. Mm. And it was, Chris, put down the gun. No one needs to get hurt. Chris, Chris, put down the Chris. And then silence. And then I just remember like the sound of like six bullets, one after another, after another, echoing through the street. And I, I started shivering. Like when you hear that, and about two, no more than three minutes later, an ambulance, which had already been there, right? So yeah. they pre-planned this with no lights on, just comes quietly down the street, oh, exits the cordon, exits the cordon. So the police had shot him with rubber bullets and he had had a shotgun to his, his partner. Anyway, got arrested. He's still, Christopher Dean Binns is his name. He's still in prison. Yeah, right. To this day. And uh, the audio ended up, because I was the only radio there, the audio went everywhere. Like yeah. the audio went viral. And this is like when social media is just starting to get- Yeah, no get, TikTok back then. To get No, well, it would have been bigger. Anyway, I got the tap on the shoulder from the boss. Oh, we think you should come back to the studio. We're going to send someone else out to, to the scene. Ross and John want an in-studio oh, cross. You've just- Now, for those who don't know, like Ross and John, the biggest radio program, mm. well, biggest breakfast radio program in the country. Yep. And they don't do in-studio, like ever, unless you're big. And they brought and me just, in, and I was 22. You just and waddled I was, in. No, I was sh- I was honestly, I, and I'm I've got a weird complex where I don't get nervous. I probably should. I was shitting myself. I was like, oh my god, if I if I screw up here, yeah, I'm never going to be allowed back on this. It's not a sports story either. You're talking legal items and everything. Yeah. Anyway, so that's kind of like it got me a little bit of a a pe- of pedigree in the newsroom. Yep. And then I ended up going into sport, and the rest is history. But that's incredible. Every time I hear stakeouts, I think about that night <laughs> and Christopher Dean Bins. Uh, might yeah. have to get over. We might tell some more stakeout stories as the year progresses. Have you got some good stakeouts? Oh, I got some great stakeouts. Really? Okay. We'll save, get to them. Hey, save them. Before we get started, make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button so you don't miss a beat, and also make sure you rate and review the podcast. Mitch, do you want to start? Where are we going whiteboard wise this week? I want to put a Geelong key forward, turn key do. back onto Asaba. my whiteboard. 10 coaches votes on the weekend. And his experiment 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, as far as I can imagine, unless he's torn a game apart as a four, but I don't think so. This experiment's lasted eight weeks, and I think it's starting to reap the rewards as of now. He looked like a key defender on the weekend, going head-to-head with Tex, intercept marks for fun. And with Jack Henry out, he's looking the part down there. And I heard Tom Stewart and, and chatting to Tom Stewart in the preseason, sort of saying that this was almost like an apprenticeship for Asava. It was a bit of a, you come under my wing, I'll show you where to stand, where to be. And with his size at 194 centimetres, powerful athlete, he's starting to fit right in down there. So out of contracts, obviously looked around at the end of last year, tried to get to port. So it's a great time to be out of contract with how he's playing. Absolutely. And the Jack Henry injury has almost paved the way for Asava to play. Because I dare say, had Jack Henry not been injured in preseason, Asava still might have been touch and go coming into the year. Yeah, he may well have been in the twos. Yeah. I think that's yeah, that's a reasonable comment. With Henry, College Asney, Stewart, and of course Sam DeConing down there. So I guess the big question is going to be, assuming that he stays, and they're usually pretty loyal down at the Cattery, they don't often Yeah, and leave. don't forget eight games ago, he was trying to break his contract with one year remaining for 23. Yeah, but we're having a different conversation now. Yeah. So what kind of pay rise is he looking at, do you think? It's a good question. So the average wage, 400. I think he'd be on the market, be able to command a bit over that. But Yeah, definitely. How old is he? 24, 25. 24 would be my guess. But so he's got... He's a bit under the free agency bracket. But so... If he's if he's in that mid twenties range, yeah, he's obviously still got good mileage left in him. Yeah. So, like, if he's getting a three or a four year deal, you'd be locking him in at at decent coin, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think there's going to be more money for him out there. So, he'd, Port, he'd, you'd, he'd think have would, to be on over. They'd have to be offering him over five fifty. Geelong, I reckon. Not right now. I think it's only in a body of work. But if he has more games like the weekend, I think no, no, but he's, he's going to hold off. On that he's going to hold off on his contract. I would think now he is, and that's just been basically stated that he will be putting it off until the later parts of the season. So Brisbane, is- Brisbane, the other one to watch. You. They had a bit of a look, as my understanding, last year. Just had a bit of a look around on Asava, given Marcus Adams' concussion mm. and the need for a key back. I wouldn't rule them out of the market this year too. Question slash comment for you. I, and I get a lot of questions about this when people are asking me about player contracts. So Asava right now, would it be in his best interest to sign a contract right now? No, I don't I don't believe so. See, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm not absolutely sure. And I have spoken to managers with different situations who have different takes on this. This is why it's a fascinating conversation. Mm. Some would say, no, no, just wait, get to the end of the year, see the body of work to use your terminology and then go from there. I know of at least one other high profile manager who would say, strike while the iron's hot. Yeah. Go to the club in good in good faith and say, hey, he's playing pretty well. Yeah. Obviously, he wasn't playing pretty well 12 months ago, but yeah. he might be playing a lot better in 12 weeks. Yeah. Let's come to a reasonable solution now. So it is interesting because, Mitch, things happen quickly, like right? Like For he, sure. He could get injured. He could have two bags of six kicked on him in three weeks. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a well, fascinating one. One that springs to mind was Ben Brown at North Melbourne. I think from memory, he had a big offer on the table, turned it down at the time, and then obviously went, went to Melbourne later in that next contract. Yeah. I maintain, oh, I don't want to get North Melbourne shitty with me all over again. I think given his body of work, it was incumbent on them to deal a little bit better than what they did. Yeah. Having said that, his manager at the time mistimed the contract negotiations. And I think North's initial offer was pretty fair. Mm. Then they said, no, we'll wait. Then he got injured yeah. and started playing shit out. So, but prior to that, the three years prior, he'd kicked more goals than Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. So I think, anyway, it, it's it, it's all depending on the figures and there's clearly always two sides to a story. But, that, and, and that's a, it's a good one you bring up actually, because that's why timing is so crucial. Yeah. Like I reckon a, a different situation, Ben Brown just gets that deal done. 
Yep. And says, actually, I'm playing really good footy. I've just kicked 180 goals in the last three years. Let's sign for a reasonable amount. Versus, no, actually, I want to wait longer, get to the end of the year, and bend you guys over for more cash. This is why it's it's yeah it's, it's such. I know we talk about this a lot as a theme, but so much of what this is is relationships and timing. Yeah, it's like Harry Himmelberg right now. The Giants are desperate to start talking, and he's pushing it down the road, just waiting and waiting. Get a bit more form under his belt. I think a celebrated glare though. Only eight games as a key back. He needs probably another four to eight weeks before he can start yeah, okay. going. What's your whiteboard item for this week? What about uh, Scotty, our, our producer, has forgotten to wheel the whiteboard in, <laughs> which I'm I'm really flat about, to be honest. See, this is what happens. We get to about round eight or nine. The weather starts getting a bit colder, and we yeah. all start dropping our bundle a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I went to write up Asava, and there's no, there's no, no whiteboard. whiteboard. To be fair, Scotty's carrying a few bags at the moment. He's, he's doing a few different shows, so he's... Well, I was under the impression that trade is, is number one. That's that's what I was told. Okay, a guy I've been wanting to put on the whiteboard for a while now, Jack Silvani. Jack Silvani. A fascinating figure at Carlton yeah. in so many different ways. Now, this guy is out of contract. He is, and I'm, I'm willing to be challenged on this. Granted, I haven't done a lot of work in thinking about the other alternatives. He is one of the all-time plug fillers in the competition. I can't think of another player that is used in more positions, both across a season and in-game. Like, you think about the last three weeks. He plays as the third forward to Harry and Charlie. Mm-hmm. He plays as the second ruckman when to Koenig's not playing, to Pitnet. He's played on the wing. He's played as a tagger. Yep. And they he's can played, throw him behind the ball And, and, in and game he often two. gets thrown behind the ball as the loose yeah. when they, they get a, when oppositions get a run on, which at the moment against Carlton is pretty frequently. My man Jeremy Finlayson, I'll put him in that conversation as a current contender, but probably doesn't have the body of no, he, work of yeah, Jack, he doesn't, Jack doing Yeah, wouldn't that. have done it as, as often, but, yeah. but I'll take your point. He has the ability to do that. So the great thing about that for Jack is that he's seen as versatile, right? That's the great thing. The bad thing is it's really hard to have a body of work over the course of, say, four to six weeks where you're playing good footy in the same role. Can I just make a really lame pun? Well, I'll make it and then I'll tell you if you can make it. Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, it was, you were right. It was pretty lame. We'll move on. <laughs> oh, that's his name. Is it? Oh, is that the joke? Because yeah. Jack of all trades, his name's yeah. Jack. Shit, I didn't, I didn't figure that one out. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you so much. He's definitely not got a future in comedy. Anyway. So the, what's, what's ended up happening is he's not on a good deal at Carlton. Like, he's not on great cash. He's on around average, average, average money. And they haven't signed him to long-termers because he was taken late in the draft. For some reason, he's never been fully embraced by... I think he's been embraced by the supporters. I'm not sure he's ever been fully embraced by... The coaches, right? Like he was completely mistreated by David Teague, and I'm just saying, like, played in the twos, and he didn't think he was in the best team. It was, it was outrageous. Then he was playing really well under Michael Voss last year. Then he gets dropped for, and I'm quoting it, team balance for the Adelaide game. Yeah. Then gets brought on as the sub. It was the that move you could argue was the beginning of the end for Carlton. Like they only needed to win a couple more games to make the eight. Yeah. They ended up getting beaten by Adelaide. He only played as a sub. Anyway, I just think so. So I'll get to my point. If I'm an, an opposition club, I'm looking at Jack Silvani and I'm saying, here is a guy who we can get pretty easily. I don't think it's going to force too much to get him out of Carlton. Free agent. He's out of contract. He's not going to cost a whole heap. And we can pick a role for him. I still think he's, his best role is that, that second forward that puts pressure on. Yeah. But he can pinch in the ruck if we need him to. If there's a team out there that goes, actually, we, we like him as a third tall. He's a decent kick. Like Just on his wage, though, you're talking about the say that he's on average money. Does he Has he actually done enough to command more than that? I reckon. Because you can argue there, he's a, are, he's a fantastic are, role player, but he's he's on in Carlton's top 10 players. Um, 
No, he's not in Carlton's top 10 players if you're talking about raw talent. Yeah. He's in Carlton's best... Oh, he's in Carlton's top five, heart and soul. He, well, he, he's in their best 10 players if you're talking about what he brings contest and effort-wise. Yeah, and that's he, where no, you no, get back the, to... I know your point. That, yeah. that this is why it's a fascinating one. So I'll make this point to you. There's no way that Charlie Kerno and Harry Mackay get some of the easy goals they get. That's without true. someone playing his role. That's true. And then this takes into the Tom DeConing stuff is I don't think they can play Pitnet, DeConing, Silvani, Kerno, and Mackay. No, they can't. So I mean, right that, now they're arguing that Silvani's picked over DeConing. That's basically the spot they're fighting over. Yeah. Unless and they and go, also Silvani's going to cost you a lot less. Yeah. But other clubs would say that DeConing would have more upside. Yeah. So anyway, I've been wanting, I've been looking at him for a while. He's, right now, is he, is he blue in 2024? Oh, Mitch. How would you know with that joint? How would you know? Let, let's talk about Carlton. Yeah. They've had a big week. <laughs> it hasn't been a great week for the Blues. They've been bad on field. They've been bad off field. I'm not quite sure which one's worse mm. at the moment. I'm still mulling it over. But you, you give me your take on this. I, I feel like I've spoken about the Blues ad nauseum in the last few days. No, this is a club that's set up to contend now. And to hear that, that the club is is embracing missing finals would be a non-failure and okay with that. Pull out 10 Carlton fans out of the cheer squad or out of the, the outer and you'll get 10 I rate with that state. I, think. I just I can't believe that 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 philosophy. It's a club that's been rebuilding since what since Mick left or since Mick was in his last year. But even beyond that, you don't even have to get to that to say like it's just a weird thing to say to your fans. Like imagine if you walked into Channel Seven to Lewis Martin tomorrow. You're like, you know what, Lewis? I'm really enjoying my time at Seven, and uh, I'll be on most nights, and I'll you know I'll deliver some stories. If I don't break many stories, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> Lewis would be like, okay, well, I'm getting on Seek.com and I'm looking for other journos <laughs> because uh, we can't have... It's just a weird thing to say. It sends the wrong... We're getting towards air raid siren areas, yeah. by the way, because we're talking yeah. about a trade. But yeah. so Cookie's, but- Cookie's comments on, on not making finals were interesting, but you were more interested in something else you said in that interview. Well, this is a piece of that audio from the 3W pregame Friday night. One of our issues is list management. Um, it is with a lot of clubs, you know, to be honest. Uh, so we are top-ended, we're top-heavy a bit at the moment. But it's forcing us into a good habit, and that is picking up some kids. We picked up four or five really good draft picks this year. Haven't done that for a little while. I think that will be our formula for the next two or three years. Interesting. Yeah. Really, really interesting. And you're going to tell us why, I assume. Well, the list is top-heavy, and the draft component will get two. But look at their list right now. Okay, so tell us why it's top-heavy. Explain, explain this. Last year, there was 50 players in the comp. I'm getting my notepad out, so I'm getting very serious. 50 players in the league last year earned $800,000 or more. Yep. On average, that's around three per team. Yep. Carlton has Williams, Cripps, Kerno, Mackay, plus most likely Walsh, Wiedering and Sard in that conversation, and Doherty wouldn't be far behind. So that's seven, potentially eight or nine players earning over $800,000. So Kerno's on a mill, Mackay's on a mill, Cripps is on a mill. There's three. That's a top-heavy list. Sard's on and seven, Cookie, 750. McGovern's on 750. Cookie's himself has said that, yeah, and I haven't even included McGovern, who will come off that money, whether he stays or not, at the end of this year. Yep. That means you've got to be making up the money in your salary cap elsewhere with players earning less than $200,000. Now, it worked for Richmond. Oh, you beat me to it. I was just, I was just writing down who would have been their, t- their top. Yeah, so go on. It 27, and they won the flag with Rance, Cochin, Martin, Revolt. Probably Prestia in that top echelon too. He'd come in on good cash as a player from Gold Coast. Lynch. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But they, they, had, they had Lynch. They had Lynch later. But the role players of McIntosh, Nathan Broad at the time, Jacob Townsend came from nowhere and won a flag, Jason Castagna. Dan Butler, all players playing above their their value. And right now, Carlton doesn't have enough players playing above their value yeah, right. to be 
So, so to you, be legitimate. I thought you were arguing against yourself, but you're actually you've, you've come around to the point. Yeah, which so is it's okay. It's the, okay. The, it's okay to have a top heavy list. Yeah, when you're contending. Yes, and this and is why the Giants. This right is why the Giants have had problems. Yeah, is it? It's fine paying Whitfield, Green, Kelly, Kinelio, Haynes, Haynes, Cameron at the top before yeah. he left. Massive cash when you're making prelims and grannies. Yeah, that's fine yeah. because it's worked and you're contending. But when you start to go the other way down the ladder, so Carlton find themselves in this weird middle yeah. part where they're saying it's not the end of the world if we don't play finals. We also might need to go back to the draft, but we've probably got seven of the top 40 highest players in the comp. Like those things cannot coexist. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad list structure provided you're playing well. And this team was set up to contend this year. They've been working for years to, to get to this point. Zach Williams injury, that happens. That, that, uh, yeah. That's out it's of not their, much you can do about that. That's out of their control. But they go and get Saad. They they use the first round picks on these players, bring them in. They go and target uh, McGovern. They bring in Akers from Fremantle. You know, Kennedy comes in, Marchbank, Plowman. They, they, they bring players in who are contending age, all between, what are they, 24 to 30 now, cherry ripe for 2022, 2023, 2024 to contend. And they're not. Also- That's like, not on the list management team. That's nah, on everything yeah. else. So let's if they miss the eight, which is not the end of the world, apparently, do they, is their next thing that they go to the draft? <laughs> so, so like what message are you sending? Yeah. Just on Cookie's point, I think the point he's tr- trying to make more around the, going to the draft is to balance the salary where- when you go to the draft, you bring in four kids like they did last year yeah, on a hundred thousand yeah, dollars. Not that they're Mitch, rebuilding no, to go to the draft. Mitch, no fan wants to hear about no, balancing true. the salary when you're playing like they're playing. Yeah. Like to your point, they're set up for now. Yeah. So the only thing that they should be talking about is now. And if they're asked about the future, the only answer needs to be, "Hey, look, we've got a great list management team led by um, Nick Austin. We we think we've put ourselves in a really good position for the now. Yeah. That's what Carlton fans are worried about. We'll deal with the future as it comes. Yeah. That's the only thing you need to say. This whole thing of, oh, well, you know, we might need to balance our list a bit better, and we've had problems, and we might need to go to the draft. It's like, what, what? That's premiership teams talk. That's, that's just, what Geelong should be saying. That's what the Giants odd. are saying when they went to a grand final. That's what. That's the issue at Carlton right now. They're contending with a top-heavy list. Like, they're, sorry, how, they're not contending with a top-heavy list. Sydney have bounced back. Yeah. You know, they, they made a granny, albeit got belted, and now they're in that Carlton area, but they're sitting there saying, no, well, we expect to be better. Yeah. It's just, it's different. Just the other factor too, the first-round picks haven't worked for whatever reason. Phillips injured, but you've got Kemp, Dow, and O'Brien who aren't playing at the output that they were drafted to do, which takes me back to Tom DeConing. How would he have been driving to the footy, listening to Brian Cook <laughs> on the weekend? He's chucked AW on. When he's maybe turned tradies off and stopped listening to our podcast. Yeah, it was driving down to Geelong. <laughs> and he's heard that, oh, it's not the end of the world. Like, does that come into a player's psyche when they're deciding whether to stay with the club or not? We, yeah, I think it does. I, you can only, Tom can be the only one to answer this. We talked about this on the last ep. Like, there's big moments in, in where the players stay or go. And I just think, oh, I, I don't know. I just, I find it hard, hard to see Tom staying. Yeah. Why would you at the moment? Well, and we get back to the list. You're gonna, you're they gonna, can't offer him much more than 500, 600 at a max. So you're not you're not taking that to stay at Carlton if a team like Sydney's offering you 200 grand more. You're just not. You couldn't. You'd be doing yourself a disservice. Unless it's two and then he backs himself to go again. But, you know, who knows where he's in two years' time. Now let's get into this. Been super keen to talk about Jack Bowes and what happened with that trade at the end of last year. Mm. But before we do, we've got a voice memo from Fergus. Wow. 
I could Gold Coast possibly have salary cap issues where they have to dump bows to Geelong when Geelong have players like Hawkins and Dangerfield and all these established guys who should be getting paid right now in the later stages of their career and teams like Carlton that have Cripps and Chera and Williams and Saad and all these guys that are getting paid. Like who's taking up Gold Coast money? Miller and Witts and what Anderson and Raul and King in a few years. But apart from that, I just it doesn't make sense. Are you getting your own voice messages <laughs> for, for your own segments? This is no, amazing. That came in on at Tradies Podcast. Okay. I'm, I'm off socials. You know this. So I'm sort of unaware of how they happen. So to tell the Jack Bow story, I want to go back to the start. Local kid out of Cairns moves to Gold Coast as a teenager to be part of their academy. Mm. Bleeds Gold Coast. Like he is one of the heart and soul you players. You trying to think of what their colours were. Yeah. <laughs> Red and yellow, but it didn't really, didn't really come off as well. Bleeds Gold Coast. <laughs> Taken in the top 10 in the 2016 draft, he was part of that group that got the initial four-year deals. Yes. So his contract starts at Gold Coast 2017. That deal runs up until 2020. Now, 27 games in his first two years, then mid-2019. So at this stage, he's still got 18 months to run on his initial contract. Mm. The Suns come to him and offer him a five-year deal until the end of 2024. Okay. He signs that heavily back-ended with what Gold Coast are doing. They've just brought in Lockie Weller. Brandon Ellis was coming. They needed to make room for him. Jack Lukosius, Ben King, Isaac Rankin, all around the same time. Now, to Fergus's question off the top, and almost what we were talking about with Carlton at the top, they shouldn't have been in the mess they were, but they had to overpay players to keep them at the time. Yes. So a team that's not contending, pulling players out of their home environments to take them to the Gold Coast. You always have to overspend. And that's why they found themselves in the list uh, situation they were. 2021 has a strong year, Bose, but he finds himself out of the side in 2022. And I think the murmuring start to come through his agent, Robbie DeRazio, from the list management team. I think they can see the writing on the wall. Only played five games last year. Gets to his exit meeting, officially told, with two years left on your deal at around $1.6 million, we'd like you to look elsewhere and clear the books for us. You can be our sacrificial lamb. You're going to go and clear the books for us. Jack goes overseas, watches the grand final in Bali with his girlfriend. While all that's going on, his manager, Robbie Durazio, is working the market. There'd been a call from Geelong earlier in the season from Andrew Mackey, just monitoring. And I think that played a bit of a role is to where Bose ends up initially. And they sort of had the inside running, given they'd shown quite a bit, bit of interest early. Hawks and Bombers were also in the conversation, given their cap room. So that they had to, you had to find a club that was willing to take on the $1.6 million over two years. The Saints rang, but my understanding is they didn't get a meeting or they couldn't sort of get in. It was down to Geelong, Hawthorne and Essendon, which set off a bidding war. Gold Coast realised that there wasn't going to be anyone taking on that $1.6 million over two years. It was a lot of money for a, for a fringe player at Gold Coast, who a lot of teams felt could be in their best 22, but they needed something else to incentivise it. That's where the pick seven was attached. And let's be honest, the, the top 10 picks to Gold Coast don't mean the same as what they do to other teams. No, but it's it's still, it's, it's just a hard thing to sell to your fans. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I, I think I in hindsight, what they should have done is, is split that pick seven for two picks in the late teens and then gone on, go on to work Didn't with one of them. Didn't they try to do that? Potentially, not mm. to my knowledge. Mm. Sydney had two picks, I think 14 and 16 from memory. Yep. Now, Jack gets back from overseas a couple of days after the grand final. In my view, Geelong was ahead at, at this time, but he still had to meet with Hawthorne and, and Essendon. Geelong booked a room at Crown on the afternoon of their best and fairest. So it's Thursday after the grand final. This is great stuff. At this stage. Me. In the room, Simon Lloyd, Steve Hocking, Andrew Mackey, Patrick Dangerfield, Tom Stewart, all in the room convincing this guy to come and play at your footy club. Yep. They've just won the flag. In a couple of hours, they're downstairs in the Palladium celebrating their premiership. So it's a pretty good selling point. Golf is a big factor in Jack Bowes' life. Yep. He plays almost as much as you. <laughs> Heaps. And my understanding is that was a big draw card initially in that meeting. As much about footy was everything off-field, 
and all those sorts of things. He's since played at Cathedral, which I know you, it's probably the what is it, best course in Victoria? Uh, it's it's the most exclusive golf club in the country. Okay. Started by David Evans, former chairman of Essendon. Yep. And built by Greg Norman, one of his close friends. So not many people can get on this. You've got your Sam McClure's. Now, Jack Bowes has got on there. <laughs> Jeremy Cameron recently. They play with a lot of the physio stuff. Now, anyway, Bowes meets with all the clubs, Hawthorne, Essendon, and Geelong over the next few weeks. Hawthorne had the best financial offer. Essendon offered the number five. Yeah, uh, James Hurd's James number. number, which now is worn by Elijah Sardis there. Yep. First round pick. But I think the Cats, given they got in early, the environment helped win the flag was, was a big factor in him. The other thing in all of this is Paddy Dangerfield, who was part of that meeting at Crown, but he's managed by the same management group, Connor Sports Management, as Jack. Now, he was pulling the levers here as much as anyone, working, knowing what he was capable of. And didn't he give Jack any, Jack's partner a personal tour of, of the Cattery? Of like, the Cattery, which was shown on the Show Me the Money that's documentary. Right, yep. He also toured Essendon and Hawthorne, but at the end of the day, even though there was probably more money left on the table by Hawthorne, he decided to go to Geelong. 1.6 owing over two years, was smoothed out over four, yep. and it's around $2, $2.2 million, so it's... It's averaging out around five fifty over the four years. AFL had to tick this off. First time we've ever seen a player and a top 10 pick move to another club for nothing back or pick future second or third, whatever it was. So Mackie, Simon Murphy, who's one of the list analysts at Geelong and um, Simon Lloyd's 2IC in footy operations as part of this meeting. Wayne Campbell, Craig Cameron meet with Ned Guy and the AFL list management team to tick it off. And then Jack Bowes finds his way to Geelong. It's going to go down as one of the most intriguing deals ever yep. for a player that we weren't that intrigued by. Yeah. Up until now, obviously. Yeah. And he's found his way, got the calf injury oh, recently. He's yeah, found his way absolutely. into I think, team. Yeah, and, I think he's going to be a good player. But just say yeah. at the time, if you hadn't fo- followed Gold Coast that closely, a yeah. lot of people were like, who? Just on this. So Dangerfield was pulling the levers here, speaking to Andrew Mackey and also speaking back to Paul Connors and, and Robbie Durazio at the other end. He's played a few different roles in the Geelong list management team. He was part of the Josh Jenkins trade. Yes. And Luke Dalhouse, who is a cousin's cousin. So there's a link there between Dangerfield and Dalhouse. And... That was one of the first sort of moves under this current regime of Geelong in targeting the small forward, which was a which is a big uh, factor. So Danger is, uh, of all the players in the comp, probably the most powerful quasi-list manager. And just before we get off this, so Fergus is like one of the specific questions in that. We've talked generically about the move. Is that yep. why, why would a team like Gold Coast who aren't contending have such list issues still? And that's because of a lot of these deals that they had to do yep. years ago yeah. to back end and keep these guys to stay. Right? Yeah. And traditionally, first-round picks, which they had a lot of, when they f- exit their initial two-year draft contracts, years three and four are worth around three fifty, four fifty. Yeah, and they had a lot of them to pay, so they're paying a lot of guys that four hundred thousand dollars a season pretty early in their careers to play twos, and it's just the way it is. Given you're trying to keep first-round picks on your list, and you've got an abundance of them, and you've got to overpay players to keep them. Thank Whereas you. For- Geelong, sorry, just finally Geelong, yep. the environment, success, you don't have to pay as much. Thank you, Fergus, for your question. If you've got a suggestion for nuts and bolts, hit us up on Twitter or via our Instagram page at Tradies Podcast. Now I'm going. I'm going. This is the. This is the rundown. This is the rundown that I'm a paper guy, not a digital guy. I'm going through the the rundown, mm. and usually we would we would get to um, no more gaps, which is where we go through teams. You know what we think of their list. And we'll get to that. We well no, we're not doing it this week. Apparently, there's a new segment. I've only become. I mean, I only created the podcast. It's not as though I should be told. What's <laughs> I just, Micro I, Mitch? I just deal directly with the producer now. Micro Mitch. The subheading is the out of contract players that could be slipping under the radar. These are the players. Talk- that, these are the players that you don't know about that oh. clubs are starting to monitor. Right. So they're not getting the big headlines that that the, you're all over. They're sort of the ones. Hang that on. Sneak there's under some. The radar. Nu- there's 
There's some nastiness attached to that. This is talking there, to me. And, and there's an undertone of, Sam, you only care about the big players and the big deals, which is absolutely true. true. Yes. <laughs> and the mid-season draft, my favourite time of the year, is three weeks away. So oh. we've got these exciting things coming up. Can you tell me when the mid-season draft is? Because I've got these big calendars at home next to my bed, yeah. and I'm going to get a big red pen and circle it, and I'm going to sleep for a week. <laughs> so this is a little segment just where in I fact, can- In fact, I'm not coming in for the recording of this podcast. Mitch can do it by himself. A little segment to talk about the players that aren't going to necessarily be on our whiteboards or get the big headlines, but just names to keep an eye on. All right, who year. have you got? Ben Hobbs at Essendon. Be- okay, we're starting off big. First round pick. <laughs> this is what the people come Took for. time to get into the side, but will be monitored by, by clubs. Darcy Fort at Brisbane. Hang on, you can't just be like, we'll be monitored by clubs. Well, it's round eight. I don't think there's any clubs significantly into him just yet. This is an in-depth sort of segment. Darcy Fort at Brisbane. He was in Chris Fagan's best team, but they've realised that Joe Danaher is best played as a second ruck. Yeah. So a Actually, that's like- a fascinating one. How old's Darcy Fort now? Uh, we- 28. 29. Yeah, so would there be other clubs after him, do you reckon? I think so. The, the ruck market is always yep. is always the merry-go-round is always swinging as they say in the ruck market. So watch this space on Darcy Fort. Just given he's out of their team, but there could be a club that see him as, you know, he's currently third in line I guess when you look at the rucks at Brisbane. Okay, Someone this could is, come this and is think. Micro Mitch. We just keep second. it small. Miles Bergman at Port Adelaide. Mm. Victorian kid just starting to hit his straps at Port Adelaide. First round pick out of contract this year. Watch this space on him. Scott Lysett, Noah Bolter, who still out of contract and very important to Richmond's future. Not Bolter being out of contract snuck under the radar, isn't it? Just one to circle on your own. He hasn't been playing great. Had a few goals kicked on him on the weekend. Playing. Mm. They've sort of tried to settle him as a pure key back. Don't know if that's his spot. And one who's had a sneaky good year under a new coach at Moorabbin is Hunter Clark. Oh, yes. I like him. Yeah. He was, Top uh, 10 pick. Yeah, famously, he was at pick six and seven or seven, eight, whatever it was, him and uh, Nick Caulfield. Nick Caulfield. Yeah. Both top 10 picks, mm-hmm. I think, towards the beginning of Brett Ratton's reign there. And I reckon very- even Richard, Alan Richardson days. Oh, yeah, would have been. That's right. Yeah. And both sort of seen as that those two guys to help mm. push them back up the ladder. Yeah. You know, both midfielders and... You know, Caulfield was quick and agile, and Clark was your your inside bull that was you know courageous beyond anything and yep. could kick on both feet. Yeah, okay. So Clark out of contract, and for and, a club- and, and almost went to North, didn't he? Well. Depends who Depending you on who you believe, yeah, yeah. Yeah, had a year to run on his contract, so for 2023. I think North were interested. I think St Kilda were trying to get one of those top two picks from North as part of a wider deal. I think it was going to be – so the pick that Mateus Philippou went with, which ended up being pick 10. I think the ideal scenario from memory was going to be Hunter Clark and pick 10 for pick three, but it never got off the ground. Okay, Micro Mitch, it's – um. It's it's a it's a soft yes from me <laughs> so far as to whether it's going to continue. We'll have macro Sam next week. Well, no, yeah, you ruined it for me. I was going to call it macro Mac. Oh yes. <laughs> oh my god! Jumping ahead. I'm too excited after my pun earlier in the show. So my <laughs> micro Mitch, where you talk about all the players that <laughs> no one's been thinking about. <laughs> yeah. Keep and them I'll coming. Do, Hit us up at Tradies Podcast. I'll do Macro Sam, Macro Mac, where I just pick basically like the best player in the comments <laughs> and just talk about how good he is. Well, you've done Nat Fife, Dusty Martin, part of Macro Mac. Mm. So keep them coming. We should do, just in the uh, wake of the booing of Lance Franklin, we, we should do in the next few weeks, we should go back on Nuts and Bolts and talk about the, the GWS deal that, yeah. didn't, that didn't happen and the swoop of the Swans. <sighs> And 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 the the trade ban that it led oh. to, and all the things that people forget about. Yeah, 
We should go back and talk about that. Oh, to be a fly on the wall when the Giants saw that trade come through from the Swans. Yeah, no one saw it happening. Only Liam Pickering. Mm. One of the all-time great great deals that was from Pickers. Oh, that's it for us. Mitch, what's the West Coast or are we going to leave that for next week? No, well, I think Micro Mitch kind of kind of overtook that. Okay. I was keen to talk about West Coast, but I don't even have any control over the, the rundown anymore. I, right. I understand now why. why maybe the, instead of, on maybe the, on Tuesdays you should say, instead of the golf clubs. So. <laughs> Christ. We did get into this point. I knew I've created a monster when we got Mitch onto this podcast. It really did. Yeah, what's on for the week? Uh, pretty standard week, actually. You? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can this, you can. This pretty- is a, yeah, I think you're. I think you're an unbelievable journo. This is if you had a gap. If we were talking. If we were doing no more gaps for Mitch, your gap is just just a little bit more creative kind yeah, of okay. flattery. Do you know? This is a bit of a bit of flanter here, a bit of flirtatious banter. We kind of bounce off each other. <laughs> if I say what's on for the week, make it up. Like I don't care. I, I I my week is just the same every week from now till September, basically. Oh, that's boring. It is. That's super boring. I'm going away with my partner in- This uh, is what I came for. Okay. In a couple of weeks. Where are you going? We're going up to the border to see a few friends up in uh, Wangaratta. What are you doing in Wang? Just catching up with some friends. Are you taking time off? Uh, taking one day off. <laughs> That's big. <laughs> yeah, it is. TV journalists don't usually take days off. No. Nope. Great. I'm playing golf on Thursday with Dill Buckley. On Thursday? So hopefully he doesn't wear his airports. Otherwise <laughs> 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 he might get kicked out. Who's going to have the straighter golf clubs And uh, after you've both been to have them repaired in recent days? Well, we'll, we'll see. I might wrap mine, a couple of mine around trees depending <laughs> on how I hit it. Are you an aggressive golfer? I'm not going to answer that because That's a lot a yes. of my friends who are listening would know exactly the answer to that. Actually, <laughs> there would be some videos floating around of me and WhatsApp groups of me on golf courses. I have every Monday off yep. and I've been meaning to – I want to book myself into three or four golf lessons and learn to play properly. Oh, I've got the I've got the people for you. Do you oh, want perfect. Do you want lessons or do you want clubs or do you want both? Both. I've actually just got rid of my old clubs um, and given them to a family friend because I've outgrown them and I've had them since I was eighteen and it's time for them to go. So I'm looking for some new clubs. If you've got any suggestions, okay. That that sounds to me a little bit like when we did. I don't know if you haven't listened, go back and listen to the the Dylan friends sort of promo episode of Tradies. Mm-hmm. We the the Dylan Buckley Producing Network sponsored by Bloke Beers. Oh, yeah. And Mitch sat here and basically like three or four times, man, oh, geez, oh, those beers out there look good. Oh, yeah, how long have you been? Like to the point where Dill basically had to be like, Mitch, just take a slab, mate. <laughs> so oh, so this is Mitch's version of if there are any golf companies out there listening to <laughs> tradies, and we've deliberately stayed away from sponsors right now because we want to give people the purest experience. It was meant to be a bit more subtle than this. If, peop- if there's anyone out there, no, I go direct. <laughs> Hit us up at Cleary underscore Mitch on Twitter or via the Tradies Instagram and TikTok accounts at Tradies Podcast. I'm, of course, not on social media anymore, so you can't find me. You haven't got your Twitter back? I'm, I'm off. I think I'm, I'm out for good. Oh, so it's been, what was a decision you were trying to control? You've just let it just run now. I've let it run, Mitch. I've just learned yeah. it. You, you get a little bit older. Yeah. Just go with it. Okay. That's it for us. That's another Tradies Podcast. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, it would be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share it with your friends. So if you want to get in touch, share feedback, suggestions, or to advertise with one of our podcasts, then simply email hello at Producey.com. Thanks for tuning in.